go. Well, 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 well. There you go. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video cast known internationally as the world famous Smoking and Toasting. Hi, Mom. It is uh, our pleasure to be joining you today for Smoking and Toasting number 210. We are uh, halfway to 500. Halfway to 500. Pretty cool. (laughs) Pretty darn cool. Uh, On today's show, the best beers and breweries of 2020. I mentioned this at the end of last week's show, but a whole bunch of lists came out. So I wanted to compile them all. And maybe you can think, you know, did you have, we didn't talk about doing like any official lists of our own. No, we haven't thought about this. that, have we? But maybe if you you know give it some thought by the end of the show, you could you could think of what what have been your favorite beers and favorite you know your two or three maybe Man, favorite beers and, and favorite breweries. Yeah, that's the I can't thing. Remember. Yeah, that's that's the whole trick. Okay, well we'll uh, we'll we'll have to think about that. We've had so many great beers on the show this year. So many new things that have come out. So many things that we've tasted for the first time. And today, I think, <clears throat> will be no exception. Now, our pumpkin beer, I think both of us have tasted before. But I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't remember uh, because I think it was in, for the last couple of years, we've done some pumpkin beer shows. Where we yeah, either, we've done all pumpkin Either beer blind all or did all pumpkin uh, for a show. And I'm pretty sure we had this one on one or both of those. Uh, but Southern Star Brewing from Conroe, Texas. Yeah, yeah I like Southern uh, they Star. They have great beers. Their pumpkin ale is called Cygord, like yes. Cyborg. And uh, so we'll be tasting that on the show today. Uh, also, our friends at Cigar City Brewing in Tampa, Florida have, uh, I believe this is new. I just saw it for the first time and I grabbed some. They have a new hazy IPA called Fancy Papers. Uh, Fancy Papers. Fancy Papers. So we'll be checking that out. And then I think you're going to be excited about this one, Ian. Firestone Walker Brewing, a very, very I awesome, like very awesome brewery. Not only do they do that that 805, which That's is just great. this great, easy drinking, everyday kind of beer, but they also do a lot of really cool specialty beers. And we'll be trying one of those today. <laughs> it's their 2016 Sticky Monkey. It's a barrel-aged Central Coast quad. Oh, yeah. We've had Sticky Monkey before, but, <clears throat> right. this but is the it 20, evolves every year. This is the 2016. The 2016? Yeah, have you so had this a while, or did I, you find it? I haven't had it since 2016. I've, I found it, and I've had it for about a year. Oh, okay. So I, I thought, I thought you know what? It's time. <laughs> Bruce, uh, Bruce Stark chimed in on the um, comments. He says, my favorite beer is whatever's in my right hand. <laughs> And my favorite cigar is whichever is in my left hand. I like his approach to life. See, this is why Bruce is one of our very most favorite uh, uh, listeners and viewers. That's a way to simplify it. Because that is a way to simplify that. On uh, on the spirit front today, we'll be tasting the Azunia Estate Crafted Añejo Tequila. And so we're looking forward to that. We haven't had a tequila in a while. It does look pretty, doesn't it? Uh, Our show is brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Cigars. Uh, they have got all kinds of new designs available now at mycigarshirts.com. So check it out. Uh, the shirts are not expensive. They start under 20 bucks. I was looking at some other uh, T-shirt sites online, not cigar shirts, but like other stuff. And like all, all the shirts start at like 26 28 bucks. The The shirts on mycigarshirts.com start under twenty dollars, and most and of them are comfy, in, soft and most too. most of them are in the low twenties range. Yeah, yeah. and and they're comfy they're really cool. Shirts. Plus, they're really cool uh, cigar sayings and whatnot. So you can check them all out at mycigarshirts.com because cigars. cigars. And thank you to uh, mycigarshirts.com for sponsoring the show. On drinking news today, our headline: I just wanted beer. 
I just wanted beer. I just wanted beer. Yeah, the mind reels. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Uh, Oregon Remember Voters. That old, uh, <clears throat> suicidal tendency song, uh, All I Wanted Was a Pepsi. Yeah. She wouldn't <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> I haven't had I, I don't know if we've ever had a suicidal tendencies reference on the show before. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, <clears throat> so, Oregon voters approved a cigar tax increase in the election. So, we have no idea as of the broadcast of the show who's going to be president for the next four years. But we know if you're in Oregon, you're going to pay more for your cigars uh, starting immediately. So I, I like the big push to get everybody to vote, and now it's this... This this big push to get everybody to wait. Yeah. To, <laughs> now that we got so many people to yeah, vote. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we weren't quite prepared for that, so that's uh, the way it goes. By the way, apparently, uh, you know, I, I realized as I was walking into the studio too. Apparently, the coronavirus is over. Oh yeah. Yeah, because people are walking up and down the halls, no mask, just walking around like it's over. I don't care, whatever. It's like, huh. Everyone's just giving up. I, apparently, I missed the news bulletin. They're you like, know? what do I have to live for? Yeah, if I die, I die. I'll tell you what I have to live for. Uh, it's sitting on Mr. Twirly gig right now. It's the Azunia Estate Crafted Añejo Tequila. I'm looking forward to that. That's uh, You know, I, I have to tell you, I'm a little disappointed with the office today because I came in. Uh-oh. And I went to the, the refrigerator, the office refrigerator yeah. here at the studio, and there was no beer. You know, the office has been working since March on a very... Very much smaller skeleton type staff. Because <laughs> a lot of the people here at the office are working from home. Right. And I think whoever was responsible for uh, filling the fridge with beer is working from home. So and therefore, their their home beer. fridge is filled with beer, which helps like, no, us. No, I'm doing my which job. Helps us not at all. Uh, but anyway, we'll, uh, we'll get to some beers here. We'll get to some beers here shortly on the program. Like I said, a lot of, um, a, a lot of different uh, beer lists are out for the end of the year, and it's not even really the end of the year yet, but I guess, I guess most beers that are coming out hey, this can year we, can we have start, been released. Can we start uh, comparing beers <clears throat> like we do uh, presidential candidates? So instead of telling people what we like about uh, a beer, we could just tell people what we hate about every other beer. I was going to say, the only way to do that like presidential candidates would be to go negative on the other beers. So so, I don't know if this beer is any good or not, but I sure hate Bud Light. (laughs) That's right. We're just going to treat it like a campaign. We'll have have no no thought process or positive towards what you actually like. We'll just go ahead and... Your future hangs in the balance. This beer, whatever it may taste like, or that crappy Dos Equis Mexican pale ale. <laughs> Whatever worst. it is, I'm voting for this, even though I haven't tried it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, other things going on uh, around the world and around the country. A lot of uh, a different lists beginning to come out as the end of the year uh, begins to creep up on us. Uh, Men's Health Magazine. I love this one. Men's Health Magazine has named the 21 best bourbons. That's awesome. Well, it is, except... I didn't know health magazines recommended bourbon. Uh, I just, I always, when I was drinking bourbon, I always thought, yeah, the health magazines are not going to be into this. Uh, I think some of these magazines, though, for instance, like Men's Health, I think it's also a bit of a lifestyle magazine to some degree. It's not just um, centered around, you know, like every fitness routine or diet you can be on i think it's centered about uh, it's more of a lifestyle a thing, wellness sure. or a, sure. a, a men's you know lifestyle it's like kind of let's thing. write a whole bunch of men's lifestyle articles and then let's put someone on the cover 
whose abs are completely impossible to actually obtain in real life. Yes. Yeah, that's that's how most of and them are. They're operate. probably not airbrushed on yeah, the probably cover probably not at all. At all. No, 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 not at all. They would never do that. Not at all. Uh, they, ha they haven't yet invented the airbrush that would give me abs, but, that, <laughs> but they're working on it. These things are important to science, and, uh, and they're I working had, on it. I had abs. I had, I had yeah. a four-pack once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I have six-packs regularly, but unfortunately, they're in the beer fridge. So. <laughs> right. Hey, um, last week's show, I, I really have to issue an apology about last week's show. Uh, I insulted a number of people, but I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm going to apologize for the fact that in the title and in the tease at the beginning of the show, I said we were going to talk about there's a stem in my cigar. And we never did. And we never did. So we will do that today, I promise you. We will not end the show until we talk about that, no matter how much we've had to drink by the end of the, uh, <laughs> by the, end of the program. So uh, it's kind of an important, you know, um, if you see a stem in your cigar, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is it a, should you pull it out? What's the, you know, what's is the Is it like right? having a fly in your soup? Exactly. I mean, it doesn't eat that, much. That's kind of like, it kind of feels like, that. like, waiter, there's a, there's a, a or you're at Casa de Monte Cristo and you're like, Steve, there's a stem in my cigar, you know? So anyway, we'll get to that today, I promise. Speaking of cigars, Ian, I'm assuming you have had an opportunity to smoke one in the past week I, that you might be able to share with I us. I did. So for the past week, I've been smoking <laughs> down to the last dregs of my humidor. My humidor is actually empty. You keep saying this, but... It is actually. So is it... Like, that, literally actually empty. Is it that you're buying stuff to fill it, but then you're smoking it all, and, and it's not staying filled? Or well, are you, are you I've kind been of buying, going through you know, like here? a box at a time, and yeah. then I end up smoking that whole box. But I my humidor, as of last night, I smoked the last cigar in my humidor. Oh, it you're is, kidding me. Like dusty, like nothing left. I should have empty. brought you something. I I feel bad. No, that's okay. I got up this morning and uh and I went over to Casa, and I thought, you know, what am I going to have today? Because I, because I've been having an issue where you know the cigars that I keep in there, I've reviewed all those anyway. You right, know? right. So uh, so having to have some new stuff and something fun to do. But I went into uh, Casa de Monte Cristo today. I'm walking around there, and I thought, you know what? I want something classic. Yeah. I want something that I don't think that I've ever. Uh, Reviewed, and if I have, it was so far back that you don't remember it, and I don't remember it. Can I guess what? Arturo Fuente Hemingway. No, that actually story? reviewed one. You I did thought about that. I actually right. reviewed that's that right, not did. that long okay. ago, about a year ago or less. That's, that's the first cigar that comes to mind when I think, what what what's a good classic? That's a super classic. Yeah. But I'm going to go to one that uh, that I got turned on to uh, at the Briar Shop one time. I walked in uh, early in my cigar smoking days, mm -hmm. and. Um, and one of the ladies there uh, recommended this cigar to me. She goes, well, if you like this, you want to step up a little bit in strength, um, but you like, uh, you know, the, the sweet characters and things like that. So she gave me a Kristoff Maduro. Ah. So I grabbed the Kristoff Original Maduro. Nice. This is, this is the classic yes, Kristoff Maduro. Uh, this is a Robusto, five and a half inches by 54 ring gauge. Uh, the wrappers, Brazilian Maduro, binders, Cuban seed, uh, Dominican fillers, Cuban seed, Dominican, Cuban uh, seed, Nicaraguan. The parents, dark brown wrapper, veiny, leathery, oily, firm feel overall. Closed foot on them. They always have a little closed foot. Um, uh, they has kind of the subdued labels, very classic look to it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, the pre-light. Uh, sniff on this rich earth. It's such a great smelling cigar. You're totally right because sometimes that's uh, I think about the first time I smoked one of those, and it's what I almost remember the most about it 
is how great it smelled on the yeah, pre-light. You know, it smelled great. It's a rich earth, roasted coffee beans, sweet spices right there off the nose. Mm -hmm. uh, the pre-light draw on this, I used a clip. Uh, it had a pointy end on it, so I used a clip. It wasn't quite a torpedo, but it did have a little bit of a pointy mm -hmm. end on it. So uh, medium draw, but then again, it's a closed foot, so I was expecting that to open up. Right. Uh, as soon as I lit it, and of course it did, so right. no surprises there. The draw uh, got to like uh, not an effortless draw, but a light draw. Um, on it, uh, the uh, sweetness kind of zing it leaves on your lips is mm -hmm. awesome as yes. well. Like as soon as that wrapper gets a little moist from your lips, it just leaves this great zing sweetness. And it's not flavor. like a, a an infused kind of a sweetness. No, no, it's, no. it's a natural from it's the tobacco. Just the tobacco and the way it's fermented and everything else. The um, uh, also it had uh, uh, notes of like baking chocolate and coffee. Mm -hmm. Like coming right through. I, mean, I you know, these are all things that I absolutely <clears throat> love in a cigar. Mm -hmm. The initial light, tangy baking spices, like right off the bat, pow. Uh, bitter chocolate and coffee, all right there. Um, there's a little bit of spice to it, but it's in the background. It's not a pepper bomb by any means. Mm -hmm. uh, this is one of the most gentle light ups you'll have on a cigar <laughs> that I know well, of. Well, it's got Nicaraguan tobacco, but it also has Dominican tobacco in, right, in the right. fillers, right? So that's going to balance soften that out the light a little up a little bit. Up. Yeah, yep. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's not it's not an explosion of anything spicy like you get on a lot of cigars. It's such a gentle, nice initial light. The first third, <laughs> the draw opens up. Uh, Earthy, uh, sweet spices settle in, simple uh, and rich flavors, dark chocolate, coffee, earthy spices, and it's a medium-strength cigar. Uh, but again, it's not a super spicy cigar. So if you're if you're into mild cigars, this is a great one to step kind into of a one because step it's got forward, a sweetness yeah. to it. It's definitely medium strength, but it's not medium harsh, not medium spice, not medium any of those things, but it's great flavor. And that's how it was recommended to you. You were talking about it at the Briar exactly. Shop, right? And she was saying if you want to go a step exactly. a step uh, uh, further in terms of intensity. Yes, exactly. Uh, and were, and yeah. boy, boy, did I love it. I've, I've smoked so many of these over the years. And, you know, sometimes you get that familiarity where you look at it and you go, okay, I've had many of those. But, like, today was one of those days where I felt like I just want something super classic. Um yeah, so the simple, rich flavors, dark chocolate, coffee, earthy spices, medium strength, and then the retrohale has this great, like, hazelnut and cedar Ooh. going on. Ooh, nice. It's like, uh, man, so good. I wanted a Christmas ale with this. Uh, I bet, Or yeah. even a pumpkin spice beer or something like that that has those rich, uh, like, baking spices with it. would be absolutely brilliant with this. Solid ash. Perfect burn. I was just looking at perfect the picture, burn. and I was like, wow, that is yeah, a razor straight burn. with a perfect burn. It yeah. burned. I'm going to go ahead and give this one away. It burned laser straight perfect from beginning to end of the cigar. And I don't think I've ever had one of, that I've had any issues with. Yeah. Um, uh, this, the second third of this, I didn't even write much for the second third of this. I said same with the addition of a little bit of brownies, like 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 dark chocolate brownies. There's a little bit of that flavor coming in there that was really, really nice. Um, solid ash, perfect burn. The last third of this, the spice is ramped up just a little bit. Cedar is a little more present, so you get a little more spice and cedar on that. And then um, coffee, dark chocolate, and brownies remain. Solid ash, perfect burn. This cigar cost me $9.35 out of Everything I just told you, absolute perfect burn. The fact that I've smoked so many of these and never, ever remember having an issue with it, I give it a 7. Nice. And I give it a 7 because of its absolute, wonderful, classic, quality, 
everything about it. Like, what a great cigar. It's easy it makes to get, me happy. It's easy to get focused on what's new. Yeah. And we think about that a lot here because we're always wanting to, you know, let people know if something new has come out and we've had a chance to try it. We want to be able to share that with people. But sometimes it is really, I don't know, it's like, like an old friend going yeah. back to something classic that you've smoked before in the past and loved and enjoyed. And uh, that was how I felt last time I had one of the Rocky Patel uh, 1990s. Yeah. You know, it's like, man, I used to smoke a lot of these and loved them and hadn't had one in a while. And it was like, uh, yeah, it was like seeing an old friend who'd been away for a while. Yeah. You know? and, and I, it's probably been, uh, looking back, it's probably been a year since I smoked a Kristoff. Yeah. I, I just, you know, it's one of those that I always love and I always think, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I just don't pick it up because I'm going to try something new, try something different. Out of curiosity, did you get anything else for your humidor, or is it still empty? <laughs> I bought one uh, EPC uh, Maduro, okay. inch Maduro, right, to stick right. in there. So I'll have that probably later, and then I'll be out again. But that's okay. I'll, I need to go see uh, Alan. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, I, it's, it's a bad feeling when you open up the humidor. For me, it's not when it gets empty. For me, it's when I open it up, and it's like... Oh, those are all kind of crappy, just things I added over the... I don't want to smoke the quorum, really? Really? Uh, you know, not that's not what I'm looking for today. That's when I start getting dismayed about my... Well, candles. see, and I've already gone through that. Yeah. And then blown through everything else. <laughs> okay. I'm like, well, this is what I got, so there you yeah. go. Yeah, I don't know what this is, I a have... CI alternative to something. <laughs> I guess I'll smoke it. You know? I have a little bit of a plan, though. I am going to buy a bundle of those, uh, and I reviewed it a while back, was that... Uh, um, the factory smokes Maduro. Yes, yes. I'm gonna buy a bundle of those. They're cheap. They're they're super cheap for a bundle so, of twenty five. It's like less than forty dollars. Yeah, and that's a that's a great cigar just to have in there and have something in my humidor. So I bought a, a bundle. It hasn't arrived yet, but I, I ordered it online. A bundle of um, cigars that Rocky Patel uh, put together. I don't remember exactly what happened. I think they got. Um, they were made special for somebody, and then that company went out of business, so he had them, so he sent them to, to Holtz. I ordered these from Holtz oh, online. Oh, I think I've seen the ones you're talking about. And, what are they called? And I, I, I'm not remembering it off the top of my head. That's why I didn't I say I had it. them in my cart at one point. I'm pretty sure I know exactly okay, what you're talking Okay, well, about. I got a bundle of those coming, and I read the reviews on them, and people were raving about them, and they're super inexpensive. So I will bring you a couple of those once the bundle gets here, and awesome, we can see if this is yeah, a good Yeah, so I had those in my cart last time. I bought a, uh, I bought a box of the uh, EPC Inch Naturals. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, and I just smoked all of those. But <laughs> they're so good. I, I love those inches. Uh, but um, I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm talking all over your own cigar. What did you well, smoke this I, week? I went the opposite of you. I didn't go with an old friend. I went with something that I'd never tried before. You went with I a was, strange. Uh, yes, I did. I went with a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> it was a. Uh, it, I, I made a trip to uh, Casa de Monte dirty. Cristo. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I went a trip to. I was stepping out with a new cigar. <laughs> I uh, went to Casa de Monte Cristo uh, and said hello to Steve. I hadn't been in in a while, and uh, so I'm uh, perusing the racks. And you've talked about this before. How at the end cap there on the aisle, they have these new things. And I saw, and I was trying to remember if you'd reviewed this one or not, the Aging Room Bin Number 2. Yes. Okay, so I picked one of these up, the Robusto. It's the the B minor. Is that the one that you did? Yep. All right, so I don't remember uh, off the top of my head what your review was like, so let's see how how uh, our reviews compare. I just pulled it up. I'm interested. <laughs> All right. So the B minor, it's the Robusto size for bin number two. There's three different sizes. Uh, this is a Nicaraguan Puro. Uh, it's blended by Rafael Nodal from Plasencia. And it's uh, got a rich, oily, dark brown wrapper. Pre-light on this is deep and earthy with notes of leather and wood. Now, here's the thing about the bin number two. It uses some very special and unusual tobacco. Uh, it is uh, from Ometape, a volcanic island near Lake Nicaragua. 
where only a very small, it's a small island, so there's only a very small amount of tobacco grown on this island. But it's this super volcanic soil, uh, and it's excellent and rich, and, and so the binder in this uh, bin number two is Ometape. Uh-huh. Uh, and then they, uh, they use fillers from the Jalapa and Esteli uh, regions of Nicaragua. So you get that peppery Nicaraguan rush. I used to punch and lit it. Peppery Nicaraguan rush on the first few puffs, but it's balanced by this really interesting sweetness. I started to get some nutty flavors as I smoked it and a bit of what I perceived as applewood along with black pepper and spice. By the second, third, that that wood, I begin to identify it more as kind of an oakiness instead of uh, applewood. Uh, but uh, there was coffee, uh, almost like coffee with cream. Like you ever get coffee that has this really rich uh, cream in it. Uh, that's that's what I detected on the second third of this. A lot of subtle flavors, including a hint of lemon zest, and there was leather on the retrohale. At least that's what I picked up. Final third was very similar. A little bit of that initial sweetness returned to balance things out very nicely. It left a great tang on my tongue, which is something that my favorite cigars all kind of have in common. I love that just that little bit of uh, tang on the tongue. Construction on this thing was outstanding. Uh, The burn was reasonably even, no issues, and the ash held on all the way to the first band. I was actually holding the cigar to take a picture of the ash (laughs) almost touching that first band, uh, and then I was going to remove the band. Uh, and, and that was when the ash fell off. So fortunately, I didn't get it on my shirt. Um, anyway, it was um, it was outstanding construction. Uh, the the strength definitely medium full Nicaraguan cigar, like you kind of would expect. I do have to admit that's right in my zone as far as the kind of smokes that I like the best. I, I do have to say though, I actually came into this review a little bit biased against this cigar. It's a thirteen to fourteen dollar cigar. Thirteen dollars fifty and fifty cents yep. is what I got written down. I here. think it's too. Ex- I think that's too expensive for a robusto. I really do. Unless this is something just out of this world, it feels like a robusto ought to top out at ten or eleven. Like, and it really should be in the eight to nine or or less. It's just kind of where my head goes because then I start comparing it. To you know, AJ Fernandez, God of Fire, Toros, and right, yeah. exactly, right, right. But you start comparing it to Toros, where you can get more cigar for eight or nine bucks that are really, really good. So this Robusto is going to have to perform exceptionally. Uh, but in fairness, it may not be just Aging Room trying to price this high. Uh, that probably has to do with the Ometepe tobacco, because I would imagine that's expensive right, to, right. to get and blend rare, in, right? Uh, so little of it available. So bottom line, I'm giving this cigar a five, which is to say that it's worth every penny of a 13 and a half, $14 price tag, even as a Robusto. It's that good. Like To me, this is almost like, it feels like I've given it a seven or an eight. Uh, I liked it so much. But it does feel it does feel pricey. So I'm going to say, yeah, it was worth it. I would buy this again at that price just to smoke completely for enjoyment, and I would recommend it highly. If this were a nine dollar cigar, I'd have given it like an eight. You know what I mean? Like it's. I realize that's only a few dollars difference, and I don't. I'm not trying to be cheap. I'm just saying you start you start having to compare things to what else you can get at that same money. So I want to know? talk about a couple interesting things uh, that you said in here. So okay. I, my review came from October 1st okay. this year. So I did review it. wasn't that well. long ago. No, it wasn't that long ago. shows you how much attention I pay to your reviews that I didn't remember. <laughs> right. You're like, well, I'm not even listening <laughs> yeah, yeah, to your whatever. talk. Whatever. 
Ian's talking again. Let me play with my iPad. All right. Um, <laughs> it's only funny if it's true. I get it. Uh, no, so uh, I actually, a lot of things that you said, I said, uh, the sweet spices and the tanginess mm -hmm. that keeps showing up throughout here mm -hmm. was a thing. You uh, mentioned the creamy uh, coffee thing. So my first third of this, I put pepper is smooth and creamy, followed by tangy sweetness and wood, rich earth and coffee notes. Okay. Following that up, so a little so we, bit of the same. We thing. got some of the same stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, um, what was the other thing you said? The spicy touch of sweetness on a retro hail, um, the uh, uh, the cedar and oaky notes towards the end. The I think you mentioned the woody notes. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually mentioned that it had a slight chicory spice towards the oh, end. Oh, now see, I remember you talking about yeah, that. And, yeah, but also that tangy sweetness in the background and on the lips. Uh, my biggest issue with the cigar, and and I gave it a solid five, just like you. My biggest issue is I love the cigar, but it had a slightly uneven burn all the way down. I don't think I actually tended it, but it burned now, unevenly. You could see if you were looking at the pictures on mine, it was not a razor straight burn like your Kristoff. But it was never. I never looked at it. And went, uh oh, this is going to be a problem. Like yeah. it, it, it was fine and kind of corrected itself. And then it burned a little faster on one side for a moment or two, but then it corrected itself. So I had I had zero issues with the burn. Nice. I don't expect every cigar to be razor straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just not going to be. Plus, it was a little breezy. That can mm -hmm. that can affect that as well. So anyway, I enjoyed it though. I would recommend it uh, super highly. It's uh, the bin number two is worth it. Now I've only tried the robusto. I'm now. Interested to see what the other if the other sizes right would would be the same but, kind of smoking experience. But a cigar experience. like that too, that's like at that price point and at that complexity, I think we both agree that it's a very complex cigar. Yes, uh, is is really nice to sit down and enjoy um, when you've got time to really think to, about your cigar. It's a really great point. It's not yeah. one to smoke if you're. I know you can't hurry up and smoke a cigar. Someone once said, and I think I read it on a shirt. Yeah, uh, but uh, but it's not one to smoke. Like while you're doing something, yeah, it's you not know a what I mean. Mower, that's for it, sure. It, it's 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 one to smoke when you're going to sit and contemplate, and really take some time to enjoy the flavors and and kind of figure out because there's so much going on, right? Because you, and you can just smoke through it, but I mean you do it an injustice because of the complexity of flavors, and you do your pocketbook an injustice because if you're just going to smoke through it, you you could have <laughs> taken a lot cheaper. You cigar. could get that. You could yeah. get that uh, Maduro that I had, Christoph Maduro that I had for a bit cheaper. Yeah, and that was a longer cigar. Was that a Robusto? That was Robusto. Okay. Now, here's a funny thing. Uh, I uh, also made a note on my uh, review of that cigar that it smoked a long time. Yeah. Like, it was an hour and 20 minutes, I think I wrote down. Oh, nice. Nice. So, Mine wasn't quite that long, but it was a little over an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, nice. All right. We got to take a break and come back because uh, I don't know about you, but I want some beer. Beer. And Cygord uh, is uh, up next in our, or up first, I should say, in our uh, in our tasting today. It is the uh, Pumpkin Ale from Southern Star Brewing, a great brewery out of Conroe, Texas. They're not a newbie to the craft brewing no. scene. They've been doing this for a while, and they have got, well, their blonde bombshell is, is uh you know, one of the better blondes. Buried Hatchet. And, 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 oh, Buried Hatchet. Are you kidding me? Is one of the best stouts in it, existence. It really is. Hands it, down. It's just one fantastic. Of the best stouts in existence. Every now and then I'll just pick up a four pack of that. Yep. And and it's one of those where you go, oh, how many buried hatches do I have left? Well, I've only got two. Okay, I'll wait. I'll save those. That's okay. You only need two. They're like 9%. <laughs> <I know. laughs> All right, we'll be back with a little pumpkin ale from uh, Southern Star. And uh, of course, we have. Um, a lot of interesting lists to get to today. So, uh, thank you for joining us. Smoking and toasting, number 210.
band with awesome horns. Not overblown. No, not at all. Suffers from uh, Houston, Texas. Uh, if you have not checked them out, by the way, go check out their check music. Out. If you know you have a streaming service at this point, I know you do. So go go use it and uh, check out the or, suffers, or just put up with the commercials. Right, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I remember when uh, back when uh, David Letterman was still on the air and the suffers were on. Uh, Letterman, and they came out and they did. I think they did that song, "Make Some Room," and they just tore it up, you know. Yeah. And but what I loved about it was how excited Letterman got because you could always tell when he's being polite about the musical guest on right. a show, and when it really like got him, you know. And he stands up from his desk and walks over and shakes Cam Franklin, the lead singer's hand. He goes, "If you can't do that, get out of the business," he says. <laughs> <laughs> which is such a Letterman thing to say. Uh, all right, welcome back. It's Smoking and Toast in show number two hundred and ten. We are going to be talking about the best beer and breweries of twenty twenty, according to a whole bunch of different lists that are out there. And we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts dot com. Great shirts for you and for anybody on. Your your holiday gift list this year uh, that's a cigar smoker and you want to uh, get something cool for them. Uh, all new designs available now at MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Thank you. Um, Ian, uh, I don't know, what did you do on... Uh, you First of all, you did vote, right? Yes. Okay. And, and on election night, did you and your wife sit and watch the uh, returns come in? Uh, not that well, you were going to find out. Well, my wife goes to bed... Pretty early, right? Right. So she's like, "I'll just find out tomorrow." Yeah. Okay. Well, that didn't, uh, well, that didn't, that didn't happen. Work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> it's Thursday here in the the U.S. and, and I, we still don't know. I stayed up till about uh, midnight. But did you watch the returns at all? I I watched a, yeah. a bit of them. I yeah. watched I watched for a while. I and had kind of half an eye on yeah, them. Yeah. I watched for a little while. Then I watched a, a a movie, and then I went back and and checked, and then I read, and then I went back and checked, and then I went to bed. But um, the reason I ask is because Google has just released uh, some Google Analytics data on their own website uh, for the evening of the U.S. elections, for, for uh, the evening oh, of yeah. the 3rd. Um, searches for this phrase hit an all-time high on Google. Liquor stores near me. <laughs> Not making this up. This is from Google. <laughs> uh, Google Trends actually posted those findings on Twitter during election night. Uh, they said searches for alcohol and fries near me were what yeah, scored this is, the this uh, is state the of the union according to Google. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, uh, and by the way, uh, the most searches for uh, liquor stores near me originated in Delaware, followed by Maryland, Tennessee, and Georgia. So. <laughs> That's telling. <laughs> that is telling, isn't it? Uh, well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the show. We are thrilled to be uh, bringing you smoking and toasting. And Ian, I, I think we get right to the beer because uh, I'm thirsty. Oh, I'm, I'm down for that because I'm thirsty. Right. So our, our first beer today, Cygord. It is the pumpkin ale from uh, the, Southern Star Brewing. I, I like the, yeah, yeah, can we show that? Yeah, the maybe, graphic on there is like the classic uh, uh, War of the Worlds. Yeah, except he's a pumpkin head. Um, which uh, is uh, a robot alien thing, except for it's a pumpkin yeah, head inside there, yeah. It's yeah, Southern Star. You know, we, I there. realize, you know, uh, being based here in Houston, we always have had to try uh, try to have some of the best Houston breweries on, and we finally had St. Arnold on this year, yeah. which was correcting a great wrong. One of the great wrongs we need to correct is we've never had Southern Star on the show. 
and they they just make such great what beers. What is wrong with us? What is wrong with us? We are. We tell them, look, <laughs> uh, bring whatever you want. Just make sure. It's, just make uh, sure it says buried hatchet buried on the hatchet, can. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They also have their uh, black crack, which is their bourbon barrel aged. Oh yeah, buried that, and hatchet. I saw some of that in the store. Yeah, it's about ten bucks for a can yep, for a tall yep. boy of it. But man, it's just something special. Black crack, you gotta love it. Well, the uh, the I pumpkin think I have ale, one left in my fridge. From and by like the way, two we're doing ago. we're doing pumpkin uh, at least one pumpkin beer on the show every week until thanksgiving and speaking of thanksgiving let me just take a, a look at the calendar thanksgiving falls on a thursday it is three thursdays from today so there will not be a smoke and a toast and show we will take the week of thanksgiving off uh but we have uh today's show and two more before you might i'm still gonna drink on that day well i didn't say i was taking it off from drinking. It's, it's thursday is my day drinking day uh, i i agree like, if i have to do it on a holiday i have to do it well uh, i just may again, not do it in front of a camera the show just gives you an excuse for the day drinking <laughs> uh, uh you can you can drink on on thanksgiving it's fine uh it, you you're, you're gonna want to drink if you're watching the dallas cowboys game especially if you root for the cowboys because they're so terrible this who's, year who's gonna beat the lions this year yeah exactly <laughs> uh, well it won't be the cowboys i can tell you that uh all right, so on the nose, the Cygord Pumpkin Ale from a, Southern Star. It's got a Star. spicy uh, smell to it. Like I'm a, getting a baking like spice. Like a spicy, yeah, baking spice, but almost like a uh, like a tea spice, um, like, oh, you'd, like you'd get in a... Uh, um, in a hot tea, like a now it's so interesting you say that because that maybe it's because you said it right as I was taking the sip, but that was the first thing that hit my mind. Like, like it tastes like a cold beer version of a really nice hot tea. It's just got uh, a like, real interesting I like autumn how not tea leaf. Sweet pumpkiny, this is. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's very pumpkiny, but it's not sweet pumpkin. Right. Pumpkin is not sweet. If you've ever had like pumpkin soup, which by oh, the yes. way is delicious. Yes, it is. Uh, pumpkin <clears throat> in and of itself is not sweet. We always add a bunch of sugar to it because we get right. pumpkin pie. And, and that's the way most people are introduced. cream on the top and all and, that. Yeah, yeah, that's the way most people are introduced pumpkin, but it's not sweet in and of itself. Mm -hmm. and it, it is a, a, its own flavor. And if you have never had a pumpkin soup, Go have one. Oh, yeah. Pumpkin it's, soup is great. Like, when it's done right, it's outstanding. Mm -hmm. Well, this is outstanding, too. I really like this. I really like how balanced it is. I, to be completely honest with you, I was expecting, and there is pumpkin here, but I was expecting more of that sweet pumpkin that but you're talking about. But this has less of the, the like, um, like with a lot of pumpkin ales, you get that dark sweetness and uh, and all those different spices. But, you know, this has a brighter, crisper flavor overall yeah, to it. It really does and it's uh it's really quite delicious. So if you can imagine a pumpkin pie and then you take out most <sighs> of the sweetness and you add some beer and a light crispy finish to it. Cuz the hops do justice in this. Like the end of this, the way this finishes with that crisp and just a slight bitter kiss is really really nice. I'm telling you, you're absolutely on the nose with this. You do detect the hops but you don't really detect them until the finish. Whereas with a lot of a lot of these kinds of beers, it seems like you get the hops up front, and then it finishes with something else. Well, pumpkin it, and sweet, yeah. In this case, it finishes with the hops, but not in a super bitter kind of a way. It's it's real clean, and the finish is very clean. Now the hops do exactly like this. The, the artistry of the hops in this is that they do exactly what it's supposed to do. It finishes <clears throat> the beer. It doesn't leave you a lingering bunch of sweet. It gives you a nice, crisp, almost apple consistency kind of crispness to it, you know? I would say the next time we have a, uh, a a representative from a brewery on, if if they do any kind of a pumpkin ale, I'd love to ask them this question: In order for them to get their pumpkin ales 
brewed and on the shelves of when do uh, they have to start? Of, right, when do they have to start? And are pumpkins even in season at that time? Is it difficult to get ripe enough pumpkins? At the time they need to make the beer in order to get it out. I, I, I don't know enough about pumpkins to know, but I'm assuming they're a bit like melons in that they're riper in certain times of the right. year. You could sort of grow them all year, but they're they're really best in season. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong about it. Curious. Adam, do you know anything about, about that, about pumpkins? No? Okay. All right. <laughs> Um, I, Adam's brother was telling me all about pumpkins uh, uh, earlier this week, so I thought <laughs> I thought maybe he and Adam had, had shared some of that knowledge with each other. But uh, Aaron knows stuff. He does know stuff. He's uh, um, oh, I was uh, I uh, we were we were all together over at uh, at Aaron's house and and uh, uh, we tasted a very interesting beer. I can't even remember the name of it now, but boy, it was uh, it was very high alcohol content, and we really really enjoyed it. That's all. That's all I can remember. <laughs> It was. It was one of the Your stories things. are starting to sound like mine. Yeah, I was going to say it's. Uh, it was one of those things I I'd had stuck a really away. Interesting beer that I can't remember the name well, of with some guys, and I can't remember their names either. I it, at a place that uh, I you think know. I was going to bring this on the show, but I didn't know anything about it. It was one of those things I'd gotten a long time ago, and it was like uh, you know just kind of uh, I call it cellaring, but really it's a beer closet. It's not a cellar. <laughs> uh, but I just just been I just had it for a long time, and I thought you know better try this. It might go bad, and it was it was uh, one of those things. And uh, anyway, it was. Uh, it, it was really good. Take a picture of it next time. I will. Let's see, that's I should do that anyway. And then your camera can be cluttered with random pictures yep. that you can't sort through. <laughs> it's kind of that way because I always try to take pictures of the cigars that I'm going to talk about. So when I go back and look through like my photos on my phone, it's like 80% cigar pictures. Yep. <laughs> uh, but, that, but that's okay. Um, I wanted to uh, recognize uh, one of our... You know, uh, Texas breweries that we just think is awesome. Uh, the uh, Shiner Beer Brewery. In Spotsville Brewery. Spotsville Brewery in, in Shiner, Texas. Uh, the owner of Shiner has contributed $1 million to community labs across the state for COVID testing. Nice. Which I thought, you know, that's, that's I mean, you talk about beers. Now, Shiner obviously has great distribution. So they're in the stores and in the, but all of those bars, that poor Shiner on Tap, which in Texas is a lot of bars. Oh, it is yeah. the yeah. beer on tap yeah. in Texas. And, and it's, uh, you know, many of those are shut down, or if they've been allowed to reopen, they, uh, you know, there are limitations on, you know, how much business they can have in the place at one time. So Shiner well, is, they've got their own struggles just like any other here's brewery. Here's another thought to consider, COVID, too. If you your know? bar shut down while you had uh, just opened the Shiner keg, that keg's gone now. Mm -hmm. No good. So for Shiner to donate a million dollars, I thought, you know, in the middle of all this, I just thought that was a very, you know, very cool thing for them to do. That's pretty and, awesome. and it's not like they donated a thousand dollars. No. It was a million bucks. A million dollars. That's yeah. big. Yeah. From the owner. Their brewery has grown. Have you been by there? I haven't in quite a while, actually. <clears throat> it's so beautiful. I when I first went by there, it was just the two buildings. Mm -hmm. Basically, uh one facing the road and one um kind of making an L shape and now they've expanded it and it's just this big gorgeous ground and it's gone back further towards the um towards the uh, water that goes back through there and then there's um uh and then there's this great front yard mm -hmm. where you can all gather and just 
kick around a ball and drink That's beers so cool. and stuff. It's, yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. My, uh, my wife enjoys, um, when she goes to the grocery store, she enjoys putting one of those uh, sampler six packs together and bringing it home and seeing if she mm-hmm. can find anything that I haven't tasted before. <laughs> uh, we always call it the unveiling when I pull the beers out of the uh, six nice. pack and go, oh, I haven't tried this. Awesome. Uh, but she brought me home one of the Shiner coffee ales uh, last week. Uh-huh. And, uh, man, that thing is delicious. Just a really, really is that, good. Uh, is it high brew? I think. Uh, or am I thinking of something else? See, this is why I should take yeah. pictures of everything yeah, I drink. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have a lot of pictures of beer on my phone. Going with it's the getting time pictures. for Real Ale to do their coffee porter too. Oh, which that's is so, so good. good. That is so good. But Real okay. Ale, I think, is consistently one of the best coffee porters out there. And you know who else uh, does a lot of beers that may have uh, some coffee in them at this and a holiday stretch of the year is uh, Buffalo Bayou. Yeah, they do those really nice bombers with. Uh, uh, Awesome, awesome creations, and I'm looking forward to that. Okay, also looking forward to getting into our list of the best beers. we got drinking news on the way, and uh, we'll also be going a different direction uh, with our next beer. It should be very interesting. It is Cigar City Brewing's Fancy Papers Hazy IPA. These guys uh, haven't missed yet with me. Every single Cigar City beer that I've had I've thought has been excellent. Oh, yeah, their Maduro's so good. So looking forward to that. It's coming up. It's Smoking and Toasting, and we will be right back. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, and we are thrilled to be bringing you our 210th show. We've been around a while. We're we, getting old. Yeah, we really are. It's like we should have accomplished some great things by now. I'm starting to feel a little uh, inadequate. <laughs> you know, we should be <laughs> we should be broadcasting from the top of the Empire State Building and right? stuff. Uh, welcome back. Uh, anyway, our program is brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com because cigars. Yeah, go check them out. They are uh, a wonderful sponsor of the program. Well, Ian, every now and then uh, we have news to share about another uh, craft beer company. That has been acquired sometimes by big beer, sometimes by you know some sort of a, a consortium, uh, but a little different one today. Um, the company that makes uh, the Sweetwater beers mm. has been acquired by a company from Canada that is a cannabis company. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, which kind of makes sense if you think about it, because Sweetwater's the one that they've got that whole line the whole, yeah, cannabis of cannabis-infused beer. beers. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, on all of those beers, it's just the flavor of the cannabis, none of the, uh, you know, the THC or anything that causes it. If there's any intoxicating effect from those beers, it's That's from the, the alcohol, alcohol right. not, uh, not from the cannabis. But I, I'm not... I'm not a huge fan of those beers simply because that's a nice aroma if if you like that aroma, but I don't know how I like that on my tongue. No. You know what I mean? So I, I've I've still not quite adjusted to those. I've had a few of them, the 420 series and the different ones they do, and they're very interesting. You know, very interesting to try, but I haven't I haven't gotten to the point where I'm like really crazy about those kind of beers yet. Uh, are you? Are you? Do you? Was that something you would like? Uh, the cannabis flavor? Yeah. I don't know that I'd so much seek out. It's yeah. Nah. Well, it's in not any a, case. it's not a flavor I think to myself. You know when I smell weed burning. Right, right. I'm like, oh, it's weed. Yeah, right. Sometimes it's skunky weed, sometimes not. But I never think to myself, 
ooh, that smells delicious. So I don't right, know. it's not one. Of, it's not one of those things. But like that sometimes, might be an acquired thing because I sure. like the way cigars smell. Right, and not everyone does. Not everybody so, does. Somebody so. go, oh, that cigar stinks, and you're like, this this cigar smells great. What are you talking about? Yeah. You know? So yeah, that that could very well be. Well, I will I will mention this that um, they also have a number of non Sweetwater also has a number of non cannabis beers. Right, they have a really tasty IPA that I enjoy sometimes, and uh, they got a great Pilsner. There's a number of great things mm. in their lineup. But anyway, they were acquired by Afira, A-P-H-R-I-A, and the company is uh, based in Canada. Their stock jumped 11% after they agreed to buy Sweetwater for $300 million. Ooh. It would, I would not have guessed that Sweetwater Brewing was worth $300 million. Good for them. That seems like a lot. Yeah, so so congrats to Sweetwater, and I hope our uh, our uh, brothers That's to a, the north take care of the, uh, the brand. So you know? there's only been a few times on this show where we've talked about a company being acquired or, or merging with or being bought by where we look at it and go, Awesome, congratulations! Yeah, that could be cool. You know? Yeah, right. That'd be cool. Like, like for instance, uh, Dogfish Head and yeah, Dogfish Head and, and, and um, uh, Boston Beer Company. Boston Beer Company. I think that's cool. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's integrity staying with integrity. I think that this is the same kind of thing. They so man, congratulations to those guys for building a dream and then <clears> selling <throat> it for three hundred million. That's yeah. Oh, I know. Woo. Oh, I know. It's it. Think if you think about, I mean, that's enough money to go around. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, all right, so Beer and Brewing uh, Magazine, Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine, is a very interesting publication. Uh, you can find them all over the web. Um, they do every year a Reader's Choice, and uh, they've released the results of Reader's Choice. So what I like about this is while it's interesting, obviously, to, to see what beer critics have to say, it's in me, to me, in many ways, more interesting to see what people have to say. So this is more like the popular vote instead of the uh, instead of the, the electoral, electoral college. college. Yes, right. exactly. So, uh, so here's let me just read you a little bit about how these lists are uh, are determined. They polled thousands of their magazine and newsletter subscribers from Craft Beer, uh, the Craft Beer and Brewing is the name of the website and the magazine. Thousands of their magazine and uh, uh, newsletter subscribers were polled, and they asked for everything from your favorite beers and favorite breweries to what hops you love to brew with. So this is this is a magazine that obviously appeals very much to, to home brewers. Uh, they're presented here under the headers labeled Reader's Choice. To make it easy to follow, they place all the Reader's Choice categories on this one particular uh, list. So um, you do some opening and some pouring. I'll uh, start at the bottom of this list and work our way up because it's 50 beers. Uh, stop me anytime you want to discuss any of these. These are best beers of 2020. So it's not breweries. It's a beer beers. made by the brewery. Starting at number 50, they uh, do one that I have not ever tasted, the Old Nation M43 IPA. Apparently it was 46 last year. At 49, the Bierstadt Lagerhaus. Slow pour pills. Slow pour pills. Uh, that is new to the list. I have not tasted that one uh, either. I have tasted number forty-eight. It's the Left Hand Nitro Milk Stout. Yeah, which I do actually enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, interesting that it, it. Interesting to me that it made the list, but but um, I get it. It was number fifty last year, forty-eight this year. Uh, Fremont Brewing's Lush made the list. We haven't tried Lush, have we? Mm-hmm. Haven't tried Lush. We need to put that on the list to be looking for. That, that sounds an, like a juicy IPA though. It's it's yeah, it's new to the uh it's new to the list. It comes in at number 47. Uh Fathead's Headhunter. 
uh, is at number 46. That's also new and another one that we have not tried. At 45, Dogfish Head 90-Minute IPA. Oh, man. That's, That's such a, a good IPA. Great. Yeah. Great beer. Uh, and there's going to be several familiar ones uh, here. Uh, at 44, Bell's Brewery's Hop Slam, which makes the yeah. list for the first time. Uh, Sierra Nevada's Celebration Ale at 43. <clears throat> Russian River's Blind Pig comes in at number 42. It was 28 on the list yet last year. Um, I haven't had the Blind Pig. I haven't had it either. We have trouble getting Russian River beers here in Texas, I think, which is uh, kind of a bummer. Um, Our great, rivers go slow. Great Lakes, Edmund Fitzgerald Porter. It's at number 41, which I have to say, on one hand, that's really cool, interesting and cool name. Number two, damn you, Great Lakes. That stupid song's going to be in my head for the Ship rest of the, the day. No, no, don't do American it. No, no. Side. That is one of the worst earworm <laughs> songs of all time. Not that it's a, it's a great song, Not though. that it's a terrible song, but it Come will on, not leave Gordon you. Lightfoot. It will not leave. I love Gordon Lightfoot, but that song won't. Won't leave you alone. The wreck of the Memphis, and the thing is, like, there's not a true chorus to it, so you oh, can I know. only remember like the bit that you can mumble, <laughs> like, or or just a line Edmund or two. Fitzgerald, that's what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it's a celebratory anthem, and it's about a ship going down. Uh, but anyway, now thank you uh, to this list for that. Going to be, I'm going to be ec- trying to exorcise that earworm all day for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you can. The old lake they call get you gumi. Maybe you can help me with uh, with a little ukulele later to put a different song in my brain. I'll try. Uh, uh, at uh, number forty, Deschutes Fresh Squeezed IPA, which I, I really tried enjoy. That, but I like Deschutes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, thirty nine is Half Acres Daisy Cutter. Number thirty eight, Firestone Walkers Union Jack IPA. A good very beer. very good. Good IPA. Deschutes comes back on the list again at 37 with the Black Butte Porter. Oh, that's a good yeah. beer. And at number 36, a new entry this year, Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. So I'm guessing this... I haven't tried Samuel Adams Oktoberfest, have, have we? This, I don't think we have. This uh. must have gone on during uh, Oktoberfest time. Yeah. That's probably why it was on people's minds and made the list. Uh, so that's Sam Adams at 36. Number 35, North Coast's Old Rasputin oh. Stout. Yeah, buddy. Yep. That's a good one. And then the Alchemist Focal Banger is at number 34. That's an Alchemist is another uh, brewery that we have trouble we getting get their of, beers yeah. down here. So um, I don't even know if I can pronounce this, but I'm going to take a stab at it. Uh, Wehenstefaner, W E I H E N S T E P H A N E R. Wehenstefaner. Weinstefaner, thank you. Uh, and then the, it's their Heffa Weisberger, which sounds interesting. Uh, it comes in at number 33. Of course, as I think you can clearly tell, neither of us have tried that. Uh, we have tried Tank 7 Farmhouse Ale from Boulevard. Yes, that's a great beer. That's at 32. Lawson's Finest Sip of Sunshine IPA comes in at number 31. Don't know it. And at number 30 on the list is Yangling's Traditional Lager. Yeah. So, all right, we'll pause there and do a little tasting. Oh, Ian, uh, you're ahead of me on this. I uh, have. So this is, uh, this is from Cigar City Brewing uh, out of Tampa, Florida. It's a brewery I love and respect. They not only do great IPAs, but they're majority. Duro Brown Ale is one of the best brown ales now, I've ever had. I didn't even uh, notice until I started reading this, but like, take take a sip of this. Woo, baby! And mango and tangerine. It's all mango in, yeah, and, mango and on and my first taste, but yes, and it's explosive. There's the tang- there's the tangerine on the finish. On the mango end, yeah. up front. And there's the tangerine on the finish. I didn't uh, even with do notes a of mango this. and tangerine, this juicy IPA was developed with the same kind of craftsmanship and artistry that can be found in labels printed on fancy papers and applied to the lids of cigar boxes. Of okay, so that's what. Fa- so all go. of their beers have some kind of cigar theme to yes. the name, and uh, and and so this is about the 
the labels that would go into cigar boxes yes. is what you're telling me. Okay, makes sense. Printed on fancy paper. Brewed with Strata and Idaho 7 hops. Ian, this is delicious. 6.5. It is actually, this is an outstanding it's, beer. It's because got it's, such great balance to it. it. It's hoppy, but it doesn't, like, assault you with the hops. You know what I mean? Right, and 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 the finish is absolutely delightful and brilliant. The finish is tangerine, yes, and tangerine on the retrohale. Up front, yeah. it's all mango, yep. and then it kind of dissolves. So if you into like a tangerine. fruity IPA, this yeah. is right up your now, alley. But now, this is... it's not super citrusy, like no, you know, it's you're not, not getting juice. orange and lemon like you get in uh, right. in some of the IPAs. But boy, is it fruity! It's Which really I, delicious. I think this makes it more fun because it's less. Sour, it's less bitter. Well, there's, Sour is the wrong word. There bitter. are so many of, and some of them are just absolutely delicious, but there are so many of the hazies and the juicies that are out now that are that orange marmalade milkshake kind of mm. a kind of a vibe. But one of the things about this is it's so different. Well, this leaves out the creaminess feel that you mm -hmm. get in a lot of those. It's this a is, beer mouthfeel, not a beer, not yeah. a milkshake mouthfeel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, that's it's good. not it's also not like it's not hazy to the point of pulpy orange juice, um, which is not entirely bad either. I like pulpy orange juice. You yes. Know, oh, yeah. Oh, I, I like but, that style of IPA very is, much. This but this is, is delightful. Nice it's in, in the realm of hazy IPAs, this is a nice breath of fresh air, so to speak. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. I like it. Uh, let me give you a few more off of this list. Uh, the Orval from Brasserie de Orval is at number 29. Founders Canadian Breakfast Stout at number 28. That's such a good beer. It really is a great beer. At number 27, one of my all-time perennial favorites, Stone IPA. Not one of the derivative IPAs that they do, all of which are delicious, but just the regular old good old Stone IPA, which you can actually even find in the grocery store now sometimes. It's a great IPA. It's a really, really good IPA. Oscar Blues Dale's Pale Ale comes in at number twenty six. Actually, wasn't on the list last year. This year, it comes in at twenty six. Toppling Goliath's King Sue at twenty five. Uh, I have had that. It's not one of my favorites, but I understand I, it has I a don't huge think I've had following. That. We hadn't had that one on the show. Has a huge following. Yeah. A uh, New Belgium Fat Tire Amber Ale at number twenty four. All right. So Fat Tire is old and it's classic. And when you buy Fat Tire fresh. Yeah. It's so delicious. What I love about Fat Tire is if I'm going to have a cigar, and let's say I'm at a, a bar that's got like an outdoor area and I can go out and have a cigar, right? And I look around trying to figure out, okay, what beer am I going to have that is likely to go with a cigar? Fat Tire is a great oh, choice. Absolutely. It has this chocolate undertone to it. That just marries with so many cigars so yeah. well. Uh, I love Fat Tire. Uh, and uh, it's also... Um, I'm sad about New Belgium a little bit. Yeah, yeah, me too. But the beer's still good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at number 23, Dogfish Head's 60-Minute IPA. Yeah. So this is interesting because I love both the 60 and the 90, but the 60 came in higher on the list than the 90. Your thoughts? I like the 90 more, but 90's a little more extreme. You are talking to a guy who about two nights ago also drank a one twenty minute. Yeah, now that's that's when you're that's when I, I'm I'm not just gonna drink. I'm gonna get serious. You know <laughs> what I mean? I was kickstarting the show. Yeah, yeah for you for sure. <laughs> I, I will say I love all three of those. The one twenties I will not drink very often just right. because it's it's when you're like okay I'm serious. Uh, the nineties are. They're just so excellent. The sixty is more drinkable though. But I think the ninety 
the 90 minute out of all of them the 90 minute is the pinnacle of the style i mean the 90 minute ipa is is literally like if you want to know what a great ipa is yeah it's good you know i mean that's up there with the stone and it's up there with yeah uh you know like the the uh, two-hearted and it's up there with this like those are some super good we'll see if two-hearted makes this list i have a feeling we're going to be mentioning it soon uh at number 22 this is a beer we had on the show the treehouse julius ipa and i remember uh i remember i liked of course i almost always like the ipas unless they're just Really, I remember what I said about that one. Yeah, I, I remember to, having it. We'll have to go back and uh, and look. Uh, coming in at number twenty-one, Sierra Nevada's Torpedo. Now, let me just say, I think of Torpedo, and I love Sierra Nevada. Their pale ale to me is just, it's just fantastic. The Torpedo, though, is one that I have to be ready for the way I'm ready for a one twenty uh, from Dogfish Head. It's it's that kind of like really intense. It. It's intense. Yeah, yeah, but and it's very hoppy. I would think it would be one that wouldn't be to your palate, uh, just because it's so hoppy. I might have to seek it out and buy a bottle and try it. Uh, we'll buy just a six pack it. and split it. All right, that'll work. I enjoy it from time to time. Firestone Walker's Pivo Pills at number 20. Three Floyd's Zombie Dust Pale Ale at number 19. At 18, it's Weldworks Juicy Bits IPA, which we've had on the yeah. show and was very, very good. Um, the Alchemist Heady Topper comes in at number 17. Again, The Alchemist, we have trouble getting their beers here. Send so. us your beer, Alchemist. Yeah, th- but that makes lists every year. Yeah, please, Alchemist, do it. Uh, New Belgium's Voodoo Ranger is at uh, 16. That's an IPA. I have to be honest, it's not one of my favorite. I love New Belgium in general, and, and Voodoo Ranger's very good. I just it's, uh, it's, not, it's not one I seek out as much as, as others. I think Voodoo Ranger is as good as a run of a mill as you're going to get. Yeah. I don't think it's bad. I think it's okay, but I don't think it's an outstanding IPA. Yeah. I will say the same about Toppling Goliath's Pseudo Sue, which comes in at number 15. I've had it. I've enjoyed it, but it's not one I would rank this high on the list just as it plays to my particular uh, palate. But I know it's extremely popular. Like th- This is a beer with a following uh, in yeah. the Pseudo Sue, and it's the one with the big T-Rex on the, on right, the can, right. if you remember that. We had it on the show a long time ago. Coming in at number 14, and I'm so proud of these guys for being on this list and not being overlooked because they've been around so long samuel adams boston lager at 14 yeah very happy about that. they earned that uh at number 13 uh goose island makes the list it is of course with their bourbon county brand stout which is you know it's one of those things that like anheuser-busch hasn't been able to screw it up yet we'll keep our fingers crossed (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm sure they'll find a way but they uh, haven't done it yet. Uh, number twelve, I'm not a big fan of Pilsner Urquell. There's something about the uh, the aftertaste of P- Pilsner Urquell that just doesn't quite work for me. I've uh, had it. I don't. I don't yeah. remember thinking. At least it has flavor. Too much though. about it one at, way or the at other. At least it has yeah. flavor. That's that's how I go. That's how I go down on that one. Uh, Founders Kentucky Breakfast Out at number eleven. Yeah. And Founders Breakfast Out at number ten. Yeah. <laughs> uh, both of which are great. Cigar City's Highlight IPA comes in at uh, number eight. But uh, oh, I, I skipped number nine. One of my absolute go-to favorites, Sierra Nevada's Hazy Little Thing, oh, yeah. Hazy IPA. So both the Hazy Little Thing and the Highlight. The Hazy Little Thing is a good little IPA, and, and the Highlight is great. And so is the one at number seven, Founders All Day IPA. I just uh, mm-hmm. bought some of that last week. That's just such an easy drinking, enjoyable beer. Really good. All day. Brasserie Dupont's Saison Dupont comes in at number six. Allagash White 
Comes in at number five, and now we're into the top five. Number four, Guinness Extra Stout. That's my least favorite of It's the your Guinness. least favorite of all the Guinness. I know. We've talked about that. Uh, at number three, Russian Rivers Pliny the Elder IPA. Again, I don't know. I've only had that bottle that was past its prime. It, it was it was still pretty it was good. Still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I really have got to try that. So I've got to. I I guess I've just got to travel to somewhere where you can buy it. That's the only thing I can do. Uh, at number two, number two, Bell's Brewery Two Hearted IPA. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And at number one on this list, interestingly enough, I'm going to say the same thing I said about uh, Sam Adams. Proud of him for being here and not being you know thought of as old hat. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, number one. Wow. Wow. So it was number two Sierra last Nevada year. Pale Ale is an absolute classic as it, well. It really is. And it's one of those that if you're ever standing there, you can't figure out what to get. It's just one of those. Oh, yeah. You'll never go wrong with that. So uh, it, I'm, I'm noticing when I'm buying beer now, uh, especially if I'm down at my favorite specs, uh, there is a little bit of decision paralysis. There's so much. Yeah. You could just fill your cart with stuff, but then you're like, I don't have that much room in the beer fridge still. So uh, it's, yeah, it's decision paralysis for sure. There's so much great stuff. But these, as I'm fond of saying, are the kinds of problems to have. Yeah, yeah. Is, it's not the worst problems <laughs> yeah, to have. Absolutely. All right, so we're going to take a break. More beer lists when we come back. And I believe it's tequila time. We're going to be tasting I also a... want to know why there's a stick in your cigar. Oh, yes. See, thank you for reminding me. Yeah. If you just leave it to me, I'm going to leave stuff out. That's the way it always works. Uh, and coming up on this show, the Azunia Estate, crafted Añejo Tequila. And we still have drinking news coming up. It's smoking and toasting. <laughs> you know, if we don't amuse anyone else, we at least amuse ourselves, and I think that makes it worth doing. That plus the great stuff we get to drink, uh, yeah, it just it totally works for me. Welcome back to show number two hundred and ten. We're talking about the best beers and breweries of twenty twenty. We are brought to you by mycigarshirts.com. Great designs there, and there's also like sweatshirts and hoodies now available oh, no, I'm, I'm, at I'm mycigarshirts.com. So. On that. Very excited about that. Uh, Ian, I, I, need, I feel like I need to apologize to you, my friend. Because normally, if I'm bringing in the spirit for a particular show, I have done the uh, the difficult work of removing the initial plastic wrapper from the uh, cork and also tried to make sure I open it up and give the spirit a little bit of room to breathe in the bottle. And that, that isn't the case today. You had to take no, the no, plastic I'm ha- off. I'm having to do the extra work here. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'll try to be better about that. Oh, that's that's music that was a to good my, sound. That's music to my I ears. I kind of right like now. it when you get the little scrunchy cork sound. Yes, the, I didn't <laughs> get that, but yeah. um, but so, the pop was worth it. So I was supposed to talk about this last week. Uh, there was a very interesting and informative article um, uh, that uh, Cigar Aficionado ran about why is there a stem in my cigar? Waiter, there's a stem in my cigar. Uh, so I wanted to pass this along, and I thought you and I would enjoy uh, talking about this, Ian. Um, handmade cigars are made with two ingredients. No stems, no seeds that you don't need. Right. See, see you're, you're kind of used to thinking from that culture that stems are, are not what you want, right? Right. But handmade cigars are made with two, two ingredients, tobacco and thyme. That's it. 
That's all that goes. If you think about that, that's all that goes into a cigar. It's all tobacco. Even cigarettes, you get tobacco, you get paper, you get a filter. Cigars, it's all tobacco. Mm -hmm. So uh, at the center of each tobacco leaf, and we, you remember seeing this from when yeah. we were uh, down and, uh, in Honduras at the, uh, at the factory down there for um, Aladino. At the center of every leaf is that thick linear structure uh, known as the midrib, which mm -hmm. is basically a stem. Mm -hmm. It's a natural part of long filler tobacco. The vascular system of a tobacco plant is responsible for delivering nutrients to the cells of the leaf. And most tobacco uh, leaves are We've all seen large. a picture of a maple leaf. Yeah. It looks exactly the same except for bigger. And yeah, bigger and more tobacco-y. More tobacco-y, yes. <laughs> okay, good. Glad we agreed on that description. Uh, so while veins may not be as pretty to look at, you know, and sometimes you'll look at a cigar and like you'll the wrapper just seems around, so clear, yeah. but sometimes you see the big veins on it. And they may not be as pretty to look at. They can also be full of flavor. So that's the, because this is the transmission line, basically, for the nutrients mm -hmm. that go uh, to the entire leaf. So the stems are essentially the same, the same thing. A dried stem or two within the filler is no cause for alarm and, in this article from Cigar Aficionado, um, can actually contribute to a, gar's, uh, to a cigar's strength, structure, and combustion rate. When the stem is removed from the tobacco leaf, that becomes a wrapper. Removing the stem uh, leaves a cigar maker with two wrappers, one for right. each half of the cigar. And, the, and then the leaves become, uh, that become filler actually keep a part of their stems. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you uh, – I've noticed this using a punch on cigars more so than – because if you use a, uh, a clip, uh, it kind of slices the whole thing across right, evenly. Right. With a punch, you're pulling off that, that, that uh, cap. That yeah, cap plug. And, and sometimes there will be a little part of a stem mm -hmm. right in that part that you've opened up. And I've, and I've always wondered, should I, should I try to pull that out? Is that bad? Don't do that. It's not. Don't do that. Number one, you'll create unnecessary, unnecessary airflow in the cigar unless it's plugged or something. And if it is, however, poking out of the hole that you punched. Yeah, snip it off. It's fine to just yeah. bite it off and Yeah, bite it off, snip it, it off. Out. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, roughly one-third of the stem is removed from filler tobacco, uh, resulting in a leaf that they say looks like a pair of frog's legs. Uh, and a tobacco stem is the thickest towards the stalk of the plant, and this is the portion uh, that they remove when they right. remove the stem from the cigar. The rest of that leaf, including that bit of stem, is rolled into the heart of the cigar, the filler, uh, which is wrapped in a big binder leaf creating the bunch. The thicker the tobacco, the thicker the stem will be in mm. what... So if you're looking at uh, uh, like um, a Corojo wrapper for that, mm. Corojo is a thicker leaf, right? So it's going to have a thicker stem yeah. to begin with. So anyway, uh, if there's some pieces of stem in your fine cigars, it's not a flaw. It's just part of the process. Speaking of process, I see you're ahead of me on the sampling on the tequila. Do you like um, vanilla? For some reason, my mind went to uh, the airplane movies. Do you like gladiator stories? Does he like movies about gladiators? <laughs> yeah. uh, I do like vanilla, yes, absolutely. Do you like pepper? I, I enjoy pepper, yes. Yeah. And some uh, classic oh. agave. This is a mm -hmm. bomb of those three things. Well, it's interesting on the nose. I can pick up all three of those elements. Yeah, but the nose has a little more complexity. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've only taken one sip, so it may be that it develops more complexity. But right now, it is a vanilla, pepper, agave bomb. So I'm getting, wow, interesting. The tequila hug on this comes sneaking back up on you. Um, I, I get the pepper right away. I get the pepper and agave up front. Um, 
vanilla on the finish, but then there's also some. Is it maple? What am I getting in there? Maybe, that, maybe uh, that, in there. That's also in there with the there's vanilla. A little sweetness in there. There is it's a almost sweetness. like a cane sugar or a maple or a. Mm. Let's see what the bottle says. That's really good. That's a very good tequila. They have not. Okay, so here's the difference between this and a couple of the tequila añejos that we've tasted that we've really liked is this has all of the flavor, oh, but they have oh. not smoothed it out. You still know you're drinking but tequila. But you're picking up more stuff like now that now that right. they, I've stopped drinking it, there's there's a bunch of other flavors jumping Even in Even a there. little citrusy something on my tongue. Yeah, there. there's a, like, like almost a like a lime slightly in the background. Mm-hmm. And a, and a, and a warm kind of uh, sweetness, like a chocolatey or a mocha-ish kind of thing. Yep. So. I'm like, yeah, there's definitely some chocolate there on the finish. I, I didn't notice it. It's so interesting, the power of suggestion. Yeah, you never I known. wouldn't pull that out, and you said chocolate or mocha, and immediately it's I was the, like, it's, it's there the very it is. end, way out on the finish, and then retrohale. It's one of the reasons I always say to people who are trying to learn to um, develop their palates, Read some reviews and then see if you can taste that yeah, when you so taste you a, out. Azunia, a cigar or a spirit or whatever. Azunia is a state-crafted tequila with smooth, authentic flavor in every sip. It's hmm. smooth. 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 It's the exclusive export of Agaveros Unidos de Amatitian. A-M-A-T-I-T-A-N. Amatitian? Amatitian? Amatitian. And it's... Rancho uh, Miraville Distillery. Okay, I, I slaughtered that, but you know. This is a really good tequila. 100% it's- blue, uh, Weber Blue Agave from dedicated fields in the Jalisco Lowlands. We bottle small batches using a traditional process to deliver uh, consistent field-to-bottle quality. Mm-hmm. Azunia Añejo is rich with fruit. I don't get a lot of fruit. Yeah. Caramel essences. I can get the, I can get the caramel. That's probably. Well, I, I got a little bit of fruit. I got a little bit of citrusy on it. Savor. It's smooth, buttery finish. I can go with buttery finish mm-hmm. definitely. Of vanilla, spice, chocolate, and caramel. The difference though, between this and some of the they really smooth mention- tequilas that we've had, uh, is is this tequila hug comes back in in a substantial. Little, little more substantial way. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> when you're drinking like the Skelly or the one that we had on um, uh, that that was uh, that was so good uh, several weeks ago. Um, it it almost drinks too smooth in a, in a way like it, yeah. it could really sneak up on you if you're drinking uh, a lot of it. This this you know you're having a spirit. You know well, what I, I mean? think they just uh, uh, generically said spices on there, but it's pepper. Mm-hmm. It is very pepper. Agreed. It's, it's also very good. Um, so here's an interesting uh, group of lists that I want to share from the craft beer as we enjoy a little more of this tequila. Um, they're, uh, the, they really go into a lot of detail at the Craft Beer and Brewing uh, magazine. And they've had their, uh, their readers respond and break down favorite brewers by style. Oh. So these are 20... Uh, 20 brewery lists. I'm just going to go with the top 10 from every style, or we'll have a nine-hour show, because uh, <laughs> right. it's really long. So let's start with favorite lager brewer. Uh, at number 10 is Iinger. Uh, number no, Iinger's good. Number nine is Frem, or as I like to call them, P-Frem. P-Frem. Uh, uh, Pilsner Urkel at eight. Firestone Walker at seven. 
Dovetail at six. This is for lager. Haven't had Dovetail. Suarez Family. I have not had that. Uh -uh. At five. Yangling at number four. I would agree with that. Samuel Adams at number three. I would almost put that at number one, but that's because I don't know if I've had number two or one on this list. Uh, Beerstadt Lager House. Have you had there? Uh, there are I don't lagers? think so. Beerstadt sounds real familiar to me. That's you mentioned that earlier. That the same yeah. beer, I think, in yeah. the other list. And then Jack's Abbey at number one. Uh, and I haven't had I haven't had either one of those, I yeah. don't think. So that's the reason I would have put Sam Adams at, at number one on that list. But uh, And if you think about, you know, most lagers have that sort of similar lager taste, and Sam Adams doesn't. It's got it. It's... It's lager all, almost reminds me flavor-wise of an ale, but they yeah. do it with the characteristics of a lager, and I've always thought that was just so good. Uh, pale Ales at number 10, Lagunitas. I do enjoy their oh, yeah. pale ale. Uh, Treehouse at number 9, Half Acre at 8, Trillium at 7, Bells comes in at number 6, uh, Toppling Goliath at 5. That's the popularity of the mm -hmm. pseudo-sue I was talking about. Hill Farmstead at four. This is for Pale Ale, not IPA, but Pale mm. Ale. Uh, three Floyds at number three. Oscar Blues at number two, mm. Dale's Pale Ale. Yeah. Uh, and I agree with one and two for sure. Uh, number one, Sierra Nevada. Yeah. Probably just, a, a, and certainly the best known, yeah. you know, but but in, in terms of uh, a go-to Pale Ale, hard to go wrong uh, with that one. Favorite sour or wild ale brewer? I'll go through these quickly. Uh, Degard at number 10. Jolly Pumpkin at 9. Uh, Casey at 8. Wicked Weed at 7. Uh, 6 is New Belgium. 5 is Cascade. 4 is Crooked Stave. 3 is Russian River. 2 is Jester King. And Cantillion is number 1. Oh. Uh, I'll just go through the favorite Abbey style. Uh, Unibro at number Yum. 10. Roqueford at number nine. Yum. Lost Abbey at number eight. Love them. Yum. Uh, West uh, Westfelteren. Westfelteren, I think is how you pronounce Question it. Question mark. I'm not familiar with it. It's at seven. New Belgium at six. Notice how many different categories New Belgium showing up in. Uh, West Mali at five. Chimay at four. Uh, St. Bernardus at three, mm. Allagash at two, and Omegang at number one. Oh, yeah, I, nice. would, I would pretty much agree uh, with That's that. That's a great list right there. Favorite Saison, here's the top ten. Uh, and this is not beer, but brewery. Holly Mountain at ten, Side Project at nine, Funkworks at eight. Funkworks. I love me some yeah. Funkworks. Uh, Santi Adarius at seven, Omegang at six, oh, yeah. Jester King at five, Allagash at four. Number three is Boulevard. Number two is Hill Farmstead. We've had some of their stuff, and it's been great. And DuPont at number one. Nice. So uh, not bad for Saison. Uh, favorite, Hazy IPA Brewer. Uh, number 10 is Old Nation. Number nine is Hill Farmstead. Eight is Hop Butcher. I've had Hop Butcher. That's good. Uh, Monkish at seven. I have not had theirs. Trillium, again, at six. Mm -hmm. Weldworks at five. Uh, number four is Other Half. Number three is The Alchemist. Number two is Sierra Nevada. And number one is Treehouse. Now, uh, there's no mention of Parish in there, which throws me yeah. uh, uh, throws me off. In fact, uh, they are on the list, though, at number 17. So at least they got recognized. Uh, but we're just kind of going over the top 10 on these. You can find all of these lists, by the way, uh, by going to Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine. Uh, favorite uh, hazy IPA we just did. Favorite American IPA. The top ten. Uh, Breakside at number ten. Odell at number nine. Number eight is Firestone Walker. 
Uh, number seven, Treehouse. Number six, Lagunitas. Number five, Dogfish Head. Number four, Bells. Number three, Sierra Nevada. Number two, Stone. And Russian River takes the number one wow. spot. Okay, so, that's, that's but that's Pliny the Elder, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, uh, again, hard for me to feel like Russian River should be at number one, but that's because I don't really get to drink their beers. So, uh, and finally, uh, the last of these lists is let me go back to it. I saved it last for you. Favorite stout or porter brewer? Oh, all right. Uh, at number 10, Bottle Logic. Trillium comes in at number uh, number nine. Mm-hmm. Side Project at eight. Fremont at number seven. North Coast at number six. Five is Goose Island. Mm-hmm. Four is Left Hand. Three is Bells. Two is Founders. And number one, switching place with Founders, which was number one last year. Number one this year is Guinness. Ah. So... Very interesting. So that's, I think, uh, an interesting group of lists. Uh, you know, when you go at it by style, like who is it's your favorite? Yeah, it's a different right, thing. Right, right. Who is your favorite? Like I would say probably my favorite IPA brewer overall is Stone. Right. But they may not have my favorite IPA. Right. You know, so it's just, uh, anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. All right, let's take a uh, break. We're going to return with some drinking news. Our uh, drinking news uh, headline <laughs> For this week, uh, we were going to do this one last week, and then I stumbled across the guy who tried to give the taco as his uh, as his ID, and he was a Florida man, so he went out. But this is a good story, too. Our drinking news for this week, the headline, I just wanted beer. And we'll be back with that in just a moment. It's Smoking and Toasting. Thank you for being here for Show 210. Back, it's smoking and toasting. Oh, I like the way you put both of those on there. It's smoking and toasting. We are bringing you show number two hundred and ten, talking about the uh, uh, the best craft beers according to uh, lists. And we're also about to bring you drinking news. And we had some interesting comments we might want to uh, address from the uh, uh, comment feed on the show today. Uh, Ian, for one thing, I noticed that. Um uh, Stan uh, Nelson said, thanks for the head, heads up on Sigma Brewery. Uh, they are located here in Houston. We actually have them scheduled oh, yeah. to come on the show. It probably won't be until December, but um, they're going to be coming on the show. Uh, he says he's enjoyed everything he's tried from them so far. Heard Man, about them here porter, on the program. Their porter at Sigma is one of the, is something to behold. I keep saying, smoking and toasting, directly influencing sales. Something to behold. It happens, yep. It happens. So, uh, also, I think there was a question. Uh, Ian, what, can you find that? So, yeah, Stan uh, actually said, Cigar Science question. Uh, why can I not smell my own cigar or even another cigar when I am smoking, but I smell a cigar someone else is smoking quite specifically that if I am so not smoking? That is so interesting. Yeah, there is so definitely a difference I, to the room note of someone else's cigar. I can smell someone else's cigar when I'm smoking a lot of times, and sometimes I can differentiate it, but... Uh, it might be one of those where it's because when you're smoking, it's it's very much it's in all your, on your in palate, your palate yeah. and in your sinuses and everything else. So it, I think what happens is, um, I think what happens is your your senses just don't pick up um, what's around it as sensitively because of that. It's Do picking you, up the immediate. Right. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say this? Uh, you know, as someone who enjoys cigars, if I'm like. Outside or something, and somebody is like has lit up and smoking their cigar, assuming it's not you know a crappy one. 
their cigar smells so good to yeah. me that it's like, oh man, I really want to have a cigar. Like, well, it's such an enjoyable, almost in some ways, almost even more so than my own cigar when I smoke it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But but it's uh, 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 someone smoking a really good one. You're like, oh man, what are you, you smoking? Smell that smells away. great. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I, but I think that the reason that happens is when when you have when you're smoking a cigar, you tend to be nose blind a little different. Probably, yeah, uh, or a little Cause bit because it's so full around. on on your yeah. palate, yeah. And uh, and and to be honest with you, this will sound funny, but probably it's kind of the same reason you have a hard time smelling your own bo. <laughs> and by the time you do, it's way too late. Yeah, yeah I was going to say it's <laughs> it's late in the game. It's fourth quarter, and you're down by two touchdowns. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, with that in mind, we will now go to one what has become one of the uh, standout features of the show, which tells you a little bit about how lame this show probably is. <laughs> Are you in tune there? All right. Sounds good. You're on. Okay, I'm just seeing how long it takes to get awkward. <laughs> uh, we've definitely reached that point. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. So grab a cup while we gather round. Saddle up while we drink them down. I've got a story and I swear it's true. So now it's time. For drinking news, drinking news, now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When I asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I tried to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news, now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. I love the I love that last chord. That's <laughs> that's just so perfect. Uh, drinking news is the program uh, is the uh, segment of the program where uh, we bring you an interesting story, or we hope it's interesting from out there somewhere. It is sometimes, but not always, about drinking. But we hope it's always appropriate to uh, listen to the drinking news story while you are drinking. Today's show doesn't. Uh, today's story rather does involve drinking, and uh, you know I'm disappointed to say that not every drinking news story can start with the phrase. A Florida man, uh, you know, but but they almost always should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to say a Florida man if it wasn't a Florida. I mean, man. I don't want. I don't want. To, I'm not hating on Florida. No, I know, like, but there's just something about it. Yeah. Well, this one's close. A Wisconsin man. <laughs> that was perfectly timed, by the way. A Wisconsin man um, <clears throat> managed to become locked in a shop's beer fridge and spent hours. Drinking its contents before they let him out. Before they let him out? Yeah. Uh, he's a 38-year-old. He said, I just wanted beer. <laughs> uh, when questioned by police, who later charged him with retail uh, theft. The man from Marshfield, Wisconsin, entered the Quick Trip convenience store and became trapped in the beer fridge at around 11.50 p.m. He was then let out by another customer around 6 a.m. the following morning when he simply walked out of the shop. According to the USA Today, uh, the man told police that he decided he might as well just stay inside the cooler and 
drink the beer. Uh, the cooler, well, yeah, I mean, he could have at least just squared up in the morning. Well, yeah, the cooler also reportedly had a glass door, so if he had knocked, employees would have heard him and let him out. <laughs> a customer told uh, Quick Trip employees the man was inside the cooler at 5.50 the next morning, and that's when someone went and let him out. So a customer actually came up and said, uh, yeah, there's a guy in your beer fridge, and he looks drunk. <laughs> uh, the employees opened the door, and then the man left without paying for the beer, according to the report. He reportedly uh, drank an 18-ounce bottle of beer and three cans of malt beverage, as well as knocking over a stack of 30-can beer packs and breaking three of the cases open. Police issued the man a citation for retail theft. Here's the strangest part of the whole story to me. And we had his mug shot up there. Did I miss that? Did we already put that up? Yeah, uh, we had his mug shot. So here's the dude. Um, but if you get locked in a beer fridge and you're dumb enough to just stay in there and drink the beer, why would you choose any malt beverages? Yeah, like, malt like there's got to be better stuff you could choose. You're seriously choosing malt liquor when you're in the beer fridge? Even yeah. in a quick trip beer fridge, you got to be able to find at least, you know, Something. Oh yeah, yeah. Come on, there's got to be like Yingling or yeah, something's got to be in there. Or exactly. Star or yeah, yeah. Shiner. Yeah, or... Tecate even like something. No. <laughs> well, I don't know if they have Tecate Quick Trip, but anyway. So there you go. That's your drinking news and uh... drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news, drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Did you say Wisconsin man? Wisconsin man. All right. Yeah. A Wisconsin man found himself in a bad way when he drove his motorized cooler on the freeway. There we go. <laughs> that's that's going to be a new verse. All right. That's where I'm going to make that up. You, you keep working on that. I like it. I absolutely I'm also like good, it. apparently, at the uh, improv, but I'll do that for next time. <laughs> You're, you're not like a free... You know not, what I'm talking about? Those motorized coolers, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But you're not like... Oh, this will now be known as the bad motor cooler. The bad motor cooler. Come I like on, that. Right? Yeah, yeah, I remember like the that. old mantra like song, Bad Motor Scooter? Yes, yes. That, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I, but I will say, when it comes to the ukulele, you're not necessarily the ukulele equivalent of a freestyle rapper. You need time to write. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. going to have to work on it. Yeah, I'm going to have to right. like polish and hone my skills. <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh, all right, we're going to try sticky a monkey. Uh, sticky monkey. Um, sticky monkey is something that Firestone Walker does every year. It's a uh, They call it a Central Coast Quad, but it's barrel-aged, and this one is from 2016. Am I correct? I think it says on the front there. Um, front, uh, yes, 2016 vintage. Okay, so this has been aging for a while. I don't necessarily have a beer cellar. I have more like a beer closet. Since founding our brewery in 1996, we specialized in the rare art of fermenting beer in oak barrels. In the fall of 2006, we embarked on a program to barrel age a series of vintage strong ales that uh, would later be used as components of a blended beer. That blend would become our first anniversary ale mm. called 10. Yep. After the release of 10, we released limited amounts of the component beers uh, on draft only. Maybe these, uh, many of these beers gained cult following that craft beer fans raved about and begged for us to put in a bottle. Sticky Monkey is one of these beers. I love the name of it. <laughs> and it's Sticky, S-T-I-K-E-E. S-T-I-C-K-E-E. Yeah. E-E. Sticky Monkey. And then Monkey with two E's on the end. Mm-hmm. Let's see. We present 2016 Vintage Sticky Monkey, a barrel-aged quad. It has been said that the only uh, constant is change, and the same time, uh, same is true for barrel-aged beers cut from a similar recipe. This barrel-aged quad evolves 
and shows a different face each year and result of time spending aging in the barrel. Turbinado brown sugar from Mexico adds Ooh. wonderful molasses flavors. I'm getting that, so much molasses on the yeah, nose Yeah, big here. time. That yeah. are reminiscent of uh, Belgian candy sugar. It has full body and lush texture with uh, barrel expression all over toasted Ooh. oak, coconut, leather. Uh, rich cigar tobacco. So I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the coconut's a little buried right now. I think probably do a little bit to the age, but the um, the oak is is huge. That lush uh, overall mouthfeel is absolutely mm, wonderful. Mm, mm, mm. The um, the tobacco yes taste and the leather come through really really well. It's absolutely making this fantastic. something that would pair with even a pretty hefty cigar. Yeah, you I know? think that this would cut through in almost any situation. You know, uh, pairing beer and cigars is much tougher, I think, than spirits. Um, there are a lot of great beers that don't pair well with cigars. So when I find ones that do, I always try to kind of keep a mental list well, of those because I really enjoy, uh, you know, I really love, let's say, a Stone IPA. But a Stone IPA and a cigar do not go together no, well no, at all. No, not very you know? well at all. Uh, I, and so uh, I, I don't. Drink that when I'm having so, a cigar. Spirits and cigars can be like that too. But the thing is, you can go like when you start talking about styles and cigars, you can mm -hmm. almost guarantee. Like we talk about beer and cigars, so anything that's in the um, not super hoppy, right? Range. If it's maltier, if it's if maltier, it's something in general, that has been barrel aged, good. Better or even possibilities. wheat or yeah. you know, those kind of things will generally go like you can mm -hmm. guarantee like how when's the last time you picked up a porter and thought to yourself this will not go with a cigar <laughs> like that's not Never. happening right Never. but the same thing's true with bourbon like when's the last time you picked up a bourbon and thought this will not go with mm -hmm. a cigar that being said you know scotch isn't the same way because some scotches will go amazing with a cigar right and some are not quite there but put an art bag up against most cigars and you're yeah. gonna find mm, that's yeah. a little tougher it's pair gonna, you know yeah, yeah it's gonna suffocate the cigar in many ways yeah. Yeah. A lot of times it can because of that peat uh, and, mm -hmm. and, and that peat's so specific that that it's only going to work with certain cigars. Uh, I feel like this diesel, would. Um, yeah, I feel like this would work with just about anything, though. It yeah. would work with a lighter cigar like a Perdomo Champagne. Well, Belgians are it would so work good with, like that. It would work with a AJ Fernandez uh, New World. Yeah, Belgians. You know? Belgians have that fruity sweetness to them to begin with, and then when you barrel age a Belgian. And you end up with some of those darker, richer flavors and that oaky dryness and everything. Yeah, it's going to go great with cigar. Yeah, yeah. This is. I tell you what, this is excellent, and it's one that that makes me. I'm glad that I closeted this. I don't really get to say cellared. I'm glad that I closeted this one for a while uh, because it feels like the aging really works for this type of thing. It makes me wonder now. From what I've heard, tell me if you if this sounds right to you. From what I've heard, even beers that you can age, and this would be one of them, really you shouldn't go more than about 10 years. Would you agree with that? Oh, I'd say generally less than 10 years. Yeah. I'd say you're going to top out a lot of times at four to six years. Because you basically open it up and you get uh, soy sauce. Yeah, it can, it, can, it can go soy sauce on you or it can turn it can turn to a couple different things. But soy sauce is one of the more common, especially when it's darker. Um uh, but yeah, they can get a little bit weird. So I'm getting a little bit of that sort of dried fruit, date, raisin mm -hmm. vibe here. But I'm also getting kind of like a graham cracker vibe to this as well, which I'm really, really I, finding I, interesting. You know, I think because you're tasting, I think, the vanilla and the oak mm -hmm. in there. And then that malt on top of that. I think when you combine those things, you kind of get some of that graham crackery. One of the things that I've begun to really enjoy doing, and I'll do this sometimes when we get together with the family because Adam will be there and 
Adam's brother Aaron will be there. We all enjoy beer. So we'll open up one of these bombers of something that we've never tried before and just kind of share it and pass it around. And to me, those are very special beer experiences. You know what I mean? Like yes. it, it's it's completely different than when you're, you know, at home watching the game and you like open up something important to a cold a glass thing, and enjoy it, it yourself. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's a completely different thing cuz you're, you know, and this is what I always uh, enjoy about all of the things that this show's about is when they spark and inspire conversation yeah. and and you know, fellowship is a kind of a funky word, but but you know what I mean by that. No, right? but that's isn't it a great thing? Well, first off, you know, like it's it's the nature of us as people, as society, as culture, to share food. We all eat, so we share food. That's one of the things. If you go out on a date, a lot of times you go out to eat, or you go out to coffee, right, right. You, you go out and consume consume together. Right, right, yeah. Um, and and that's just a that's just an integral part of our psyche and it's something that is and so when we sit down and we have a beer like this and we share it and we consume it together and then we discuss it and those kind of things um i think that that's that's a bonding uh on a level that's that's a little bigger than hey i just was chatting to the guy in line behind me at mcdonald's you know well even the origin of this show was you and me uh getting together enjoying some uh, beers and some spirits Mm -hmm. together and talking about cigars and and that that was what made us think oh, this might be fun to do a show, you know. Um, I will also say that we're in such a weird time right now because of social distancing and and all of that. That opportunities to do that kind of thing, getting together and sharing yeah. beers with friends and people, feel like they're a bit more limited, and that's kind of a bummer. Substantially more limited. It's hard to share stuff now. Um, it's hard to share if you unless can't get you're together. in a tight knit group of people. You know, uh, it's hard to share stuff because, sometimes, you know, people if, don't want to touch everyone yeah, else's stuff now. Sometimes if you share on Zoom, you can have the same things at the same time if your, you know, partner in crime has dropped off the malt liquor at your building yes. and allowed you to get it and drink it at the next same time. Next time it's going to be in a gift basket exposed so there, everyone can see There it. is not going to be a malt liquor next time. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'll just put my foot down on that right now. I um, want to share another list with you. This is from Brewbound Magazine. There are so many, there are so many great uh, magazines and websites for Do you have a list of all these brewers. lists? Uh, you know, I should. I should compile a list of lists. Um, but this one I thought was fun because, and these lists are shorter. They just did top tens, but they ranked their top ranked breweries and their top ranked uh, beers. And it indicates uh, uh, small and independent craft brewers are indicated uh, uh, with a little different uh, little thing beside them on the list mm-hmm. than the larger brewing companies. But these are all craft brewers. So here we go. You want beers or breweries first? Let's go beers first. Beers first. Number 10, North Coast Old Rasputin. And these are not divided out by style. This is just the top 10 of everything, according to Brewbound, uh, the beer industry uh, news events and uh, jobs magazine. North Coast Old Rasputin at number 10. At number 9, this is the second time we've mentioned this beer today, the Deschutes Fresh Squeezed IPA. Uh, That is a very hoppy IPA. mm -hmm. I will tell you, as an IPA guy... It's one that I think I would like a lot more than you would like. It's not one that I would grab off the shelf, but but there's a lot of Deschutes that I will. Founders Kentucky Bourbon Stout is tied at seven. That one I'll grab off the shelf. With Boulevard's Tank 7 Farmhouse Ale. That one I'll grab off the yep. shelf. All right. At number six is Three Floyd's Zombie Dust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bell's Hop Slam at number five. You know, that one's too hoppy for me. I don't, I don't grab for it. 
But you you enjoy their two-hearted ale is oh I absolutely love the two-hearted ale thing. Uh, number four, the Alchemist's Heady Topper. Again, please send big beer. question mark. Yeah, please send beer. Alchemist, send us beer. Uh, Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale comes in at number three on this list. So this is interesting because it's a completely that. different list. But Sierra Nevada still scoring high, and we've talked about this. I'm always afraid that Sierra Nevada and um, Boston Beer Company, Sam Adams. That those guys and even they get Shiner, yeah. that they get overlooked in these type of things because they're uh, because they've managed to become more widely successful, primarily because they've been around longer. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, at number two, Russian Rivers, Pliny the Elder, and at number one on this list, Bell's Two Hearted Ale. Yeah, uh, so those are the top ten beers uh, of 2020 according to Brewbound. The breweries. There's a tie at 10 between two that I'm just like such a huge fan of, both of them. Stone Brewing in Escondido, California, and Firestone Walker Brewing yeah. in Paso Robles. Um, just, oh man, those breweries are both. I, I like to think that they meet on the uh, the county line border and, and, and have exchange rumble. beers. <laughs> Firestone Walker, we had on, on the program today, and it just, I'm a fan of their IPAs. The 805 is, is terrific. And Stone, I mean, what can you say that hasn't already been said? Yeah, Stone. It's just so amazing. Uh, number nine is New Belgium Brewing Company. So, New Belgium's still making a lot of lists here. It'll be interesting to see. Now yeah, they don't have a little upside down independent beer no, label they anymore. Don't. They sure don't. That's got um, that's no longer the on there. Alchemist from Stowe, Vermont, is at number eight. Alchemist, send us beer. Yeah, Deschutes Brewery from Bend, Oregon, at number seven. At number six from Char- uh, Charlton, Mass, Treehouse Brewing. L- hearing a lot more and more about Treehouse uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, at number five, Dogfish Head Craft Brewery. From Milton, Delaware. At number four, Founders Brewing Company from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Number three, Russian River Brewing Company from Santa Rosa and Windsor, California. Number two, Sierra Nevada Brewing Company from Chico, California. And they're also in uh, uh, Mills River, North Carolina now. And at number one, Ian. Bell's Brewery, Comstock, Michigan. I love Bell's. They really they're are. so good. It was really exciting for us here in Texas about a year and a half or so ago, when Bell suddenly started yeah, we got showing the distribution up. for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a couple our, years ago now. Yeah. yeah. So and it's good. just such good stuff. Such good stuff. So a lot of good lists. I would say for breweries, I don't know, for me, the brewery that I really love Bear Bottle out of San Francisco. Uh, I really love Bell's. The brewery that at least kind of came on for me the most this year that I went, uh, that I said to myself, I will try Anything they release uh, is Parish. Parish, I am such a fan of Parish, and I still say their Ghost in the Machine may be the best hazy IPA I've ever had. That is a fantastic. Really, it really is. What about you? I know you're a big fan of Founders. Founders is it's hard to go wrong with Founders. I mean, they did one kind of fruity raspberry beer that I was questionable about. But Founders is one of those breweries where if I see it on the shelf and I haven't tried it, it's it's a guarantee that I'm going to buy it. For me, a real up-and-comer. It's also, in the last three weeks, Yeah, I bought Founders two to three times. Yeah, I bought Founders this week, too. I, you bought, know? I bought some of that uh, uh, all-day IPA. Yeah, I bought uh, the Porter and the Dirty Bastard twice. I'm going to say... Dirty Bastard is so good. Yeah, it is really good. <laughs> it <laughs> really so good. is good. You know... Um, so uh, up and comers, Odell's uh, I think is a is a great brewery. They're they're uh, 
their '90s shilling is so good, mm-hmm. uh, and they're they're coming out with. I've loved their limited series the, beers. The drummer released. one, the uh, APA. Oh, yes, yes, the. Um, um, uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's an American pale ale, yeah. and, it's, and it's got a drum on the front. Uh, drum roll. Drum roll, yeah. That, drum I mean, there's some, man, there's That's some so good. great That's stuff. That's so good. Out. I've been enjoying a lot of the local breweries we have here. Um, but, you know, we talked uh, briefly during one of the breaks about, um, about Sigma, Sigma Brewing, yeah. which is— And we're looking forward to having them on the show Which is not too soon. far from here. And their porters are so good. Yeah. Uh, uh, we got Buff Brewery, uh, Buffalo Bayou Brewery over here now. We got um, we got uh, we talked about um, uh, Southern Star. We had the mm-hmm. uh, the Cygor, but their their stout is literally a world class stout. Like it's up there uh, with flavor wise and in intensity. It's up there easily with the Old Rasputin and with Founders Breakfast Stout. And, and I'm going to tell you, we had the guys from uh, True Anomaly Brewing yeah. on back on number 207. That IPA that that we tasted that's that's become one of my instant yeah. favorites. I mean, and that brewery you talking about the uh, the uh, the double IPA? Yes, that was yes. so good. Yeah, yes. and that brewery is literally steps from my house. Yeah, you can I mean, walk it's, there. It's crazy. Although that how first close step off your balcony is a doozy. So that's a bit, that's a doozy. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the, the 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 point is, and what what I find so interesting about this is that it's so it, it's become so easy now to find great beer that doesn't mean every beer you try you're going to love but if you try a half a dozen beers you will find three or four that you are going to love and you can kind of start making your own list and and uh, i'll just mention these guys too cigar city cigar city oh absolutely and and the problem they're really coming on there's so many good ones cigar city's another one if i see one from them i'm probably going to try it yeah absolutely i'm the same way well i'm glad we tried this firestone walker uh, sticky monkey uh 2016 uh vintage i was just looking to see if it said here what the alcohol percentage is 11.6 on this so it's pretty good it's got a little boozy to it yeah yes it does and i'm enjoying every boozy bit i am uh thank you uh ian for uh being here for 210 episodes of smoking and toasting that's 209 plus the lost episode which we'll find one day the lost episode yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's a bitter episode we need to have like a whenever we find it yeah we need an uh, intro with the land of the lost I, I think I think Bobby took it with him somewhere <laughs> yeah. can you do the Marshall Will and Holly theme song on the ukulele I, I don't know it oh you don't no okay I'll have to I'll, I can teach you the song you'll just have to learn to play it all right Marshall Will and Holly on a routine expedition <laughs> felt the greatest earthquake ever. Earthquake ever. Known. I remember when that show you, was on. You, you, you just and I remember not to sing. I was just quoting lyrics to you, which is, you know, I do that so we don't lose what. Uh, did you watch that remake position. movie that they did a while? Back? Uh, yes, it was terrible, but yes. I still enjoyed it. It was terrible, but at least it was entertaining to watch. Yeah, I still enjoyed it. You know, it was uh, uh, anything with a sleeve stack, I will watch. <laughs> that's just that's just kind of how I go. All right. I want to thank everybody for being here for the program uh, this week. We will be back. We are lining up some really cool guests between now and the end of the year. We will be taking Thanksgiving week off, but we'll be around beyond that. And we got a lot to talk about and a lot to do and a lot to sample and a lot to taste. And I just want to thank our regulars who come in and uh, are here with us almost every week on the chat these guys are the greatest and and uh, we appreciate you for being a part of this wiki brian was in, uh, in a meeting today he did no. send me a personal <laughs> message saying hey sorry miss you guys uh, well we miss you too wiki brian uh and thanks to adam on the wheels of steel have a great week my friends i appreciate you most of all thanks for being here for smoking and toasting as we like to say cheers, cheers.
huge, you know? Yeah. Yeah.